Welcome, and hi again, everyone, to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 149 of the Sports Podcast. Glad to have you aboard. Anthony and Tim here with you as we get into, hard to believe, week four of the high school football season is here this weekend. The NFL kicks off Thursday night. College football has been played. YSU had their first game. Ohio State both last Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Welcome to uh, fall 2021 where everything happens at one time. It's amazing to sit here and think about that in three weeks baseball, we're mercifully thankful. In a week, we're going to be halfway through the high school football season. That's mind-boggling to think about to me. And college football... We'll be getting the conference play. Some teams have already gotten the conference play, and the NFL kicks off tomorrow night. Um, I think, and I was talking to someone about this over the week, football season is the fastest season of any athletic calendar. Well, yeah, it is, and it's simply because it's a weekly game. Mm-hmm. You build up for that one week's game, no matter what it is, if it's high school, if it's college or pro. I mean, if you happen to be a fan of multiple teams, you have three dates Mm-hmm. during the week, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yep. to get excited about. And sometimes Thursday nights, mm-hmm. you know, or sometimes a Monday night. Mm-hmm. But my point is you gear up for that one opportunity yep. to watch your team play, whatever it may be. So it is a fast season on that level alone, just because of the nature of the game. You can't play twice a week. Like you can't play five days a week yeah. or six days a week, like in baseball. You can't play twice a week like you can in basketball. Mm-hmm. It's just that sport does not allow you these people these athletes could never absorb that much pressure and that much trauma. So it's just the nature of the game. It's a weekly game. Mm-hmm. And, but that does make it go fast because each week matters. Each week has its own storylines. Each week has its own opponents. It's it's a interesting, you know, way of life. I mean, I'm doing both high school football here mm-hmm. in Mahoning County and in, in uh, Lawrence County in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I have fun over there. I, I'm working with LC Sportsnet, and it's been phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I've renamed the way they do it. Everything went to week zero a few years ago. I hate that terminology. Yeah, I do too. It came out of Texas. There's another reason to hate it. Um, <laughs> that was years ago. But um, I like round. I call it – I was teasing my uh, partner, Lee, Lee Moan. Uh, I said, welcome to round two, week one. And now I'll say welcome to round three, mm-hmm. week two of the high school football season. And that's, I mean, why not call them rounds? If you don't want to play that first round, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's up to the school. That's a different story. Uh, but a lot of fun going over there. A lot of great games. If you have a chance to check them out, very simple. Follow them on Twitter at lcsportsnet. Uh, lcsportsnet. Uh, also, check them out on Facebook. All the games are everywhere, including archived on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Just subscribe to LC Sportsnet. Anytime you go on YouTube, you'll find it. All the games are there. You can watch them anytime. If you don't want, can't watch it live, which are live on YouTube too, you can watch them that way. So it's it's a phenomenal scenario. And uh, I'm actually headed over there tomorrow for my first ever volleyball broadcast. Have you ever worked a volleyball game before? No. Uh, I I worked a couple and going in, I'm like, uh, you know, what's the kids are with? It's actually kind of exciting to work. I love the game. I always did it. You know, I'm going to show my age when the rules were different. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you had to offensively, 
you can only score when you offensively had, served, yeah. and defensively you had to get the serve back. Mm-hmm. It's not that way no more. You can score yeah. on both offensively and defensively, and, and the game's to 15, it's to 21, I think it was years ago. But needless to say, the game hasn't changed. The scoring has changed. Uh, it's a great fast-paced game. Uh, it it takes a lot of athleticism. It does because you have I to get mean, down a low. Lot of athleticism. You got to get down low, and you got to get up high. You got to you know have the ability to pass the ball. You have to be able to run laterally and be vertical. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a, it's a fun sport. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Uh, Union, I believe they're playing Mohawk. Not 100 percent sure. I need to look that up. Um, but I'm going to Union. I think originally I was going to go to Laurel. That changed. Now I'm going to Union. So, so your first ever volleyball game. Yeah, it will be fun. I'll be uh, on the air probably about 10 to 7 tomorrow evening. Uh, again, YouTube, csportsnet.com, uh, probably on Twitter and Facebook. Are Just you doing solo follow. or are you doing with a partner? I believe I'll be doing it with James, but I'm not 100% okay. sure. Well, he knows everything, so yeah, oh, I'm 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 relying 100 yeah. percent on him. Yeah, I'm just going to go there and have fun. Yeah, and enjoy the atmosphere. And uh, yeah, this is my this is one of the reasons why getting involved with LC Sports that got me excited mm-hmm. is I get to do all these other sports that I don't know really have a chance. Yeah. I have been primarily in my life a football basketball announcer. Yeah, yeah. I've done a few baseball games, love it. Mm-hmm. Just that opportunity's never been there. I've never done a, a, a soccer game, so I look forward to that opportunity. I've never done a hockey game. I would love that opportunity. I'm going to get a chance to do a volleyball match this week. And that's one of the, the appeals. And what, the great thing about LC Sportsnet, and this is kind of a tangent from where we started, Anthony, but who cares, um, is that all these opportunities will be there throughout the year for me, uh, either during the week or a weekend. And um, that's why I couldn't pass up the opportunity to get involved. Well, let me say this. If you get a baseball or softball game, come with you because keeping score for baseball, just like so cathartic. For me. Yeah. I don't know about for you. I love it. I absolutely love keeping score for a baseball game. So when you go to the Indians game, do you have a scorecard with you? I do not because it's the Indians games and I'm so locked into the game. Okay. But when I went to the Pirates games or the Scrappers game, yes, I keep score. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If, many do. If That's my team, my team is not playing. Yes, I'm keeping score. Oh yeah. 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 I um, I, I love keeping score. It's just I, I there's something about I it. I learned it years ago when I was a matter of fact. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, a neighbor mm-hmm. uh, down the street, her mother was the coach, and they had a, an official score for their games, and that person was not available anymore mm-hmm. at the time. Friends. Always in the backyard, this and that. Uh, I wasn't playing any sports mm-hmm. that summer, and she came up and said, would you be our scorekeeper? And I said, I never did. And yeah. she brought the scorecard up, and that's how I learned how to score a game, a baseball game, okay. because of softball. And I was probably, I don't know, 10, maybe 12 years old at the time, maybe less in that range. Uh, and that's how I learned to, to score a game. And then, you know, back I'm 54. I've mentioned mm-hmm. that many times. My age. Uh, that was a big thing when you go to a game. Yes. Keep a score of a game. It was part of baseball watching. Uh, growing up, listening to Herb Score mm-hmm. and Joe Tate doing the game. 
many times to say, if you're keeping score with us at home, that was a five, three, four, or whatever mm-hmm. the case yep. may be, you know, and it would, they would mention, you know, the, how the scoring went and that's how you learned. And if you ever go to a game, mm-hmm. you'll see many fans. Yes. Not all. But many. It's less now than it ever was before, but many that would have a scorecard and keep score of the game with them. And that would be part of their momentum yeah. of being at the game mm-hmm. is that they had their own scorecard. And it used to be always in a in every uh, uh, program that yeah. you would buy yes, at the game right. a scorecard for that game. I think the innings pass them out for free now. Well, most of them do, yeah. A couple people around me in my seats keep score. Um, when I was 9 or 10... The scrappers have started in 99. DC and Victor Martinez. I mean, how about that for an expansion? They were loaded. Um, and my grandpa would take me up, and he would teach me how to keep score. And that led into me keeping score when I played the show. Mm-hmm. And I would keep score when I played the show. Um, two questions for you. Do you keep score with a pen or a pencil? But it doesn't matter to you. I know some people are very picky about what they keep score with. I, if I keep score, it's usually with a pen simply because that's what's available. I don't okay. use a pencil. I mean, I will use a pencil if that's what's available. Um, when I'm at a game and I'm trying to keep stats yeah. of any sorts, it, 99% of the time it is with a pen. And I'd rather keep score um, longhand with baseball instead of using an app. I will not use an app to keep score of a baseball game. I will not do it. That, to me, is something I will never do. And two... If you were keeping score of the game, do you follow verbatim what the official score does? Or if, say, balls hit the third base and you feel it's an error and they rule it a hit, are you putting your scorebook E or are you putting it as a hit? I would probably have the E originally and then change it to the hit um, because I would score the game the way I think it should be, and that, in the same vein, yes. you make the correction to what it actually was. Uh, not that it really matters, but yeah. You, you now, go do with you the keep aff- track of all the pitchers, too? I would, yes. yes. Back in the day, yeah. yes, I would. I My- used to keep track of all the batters, all the hitters, and all everything. I could tell you yep. each inning yep. how many got on base, yep. who got you know, left on. When, when I keep that. score, when I kept score, um, I would put a line underneath the last bar that made the out, and I would put how many hits, how many runs, and how many left on base. Well, that used to be an out cue for mm-hmm. uh, most announcers. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the inning, you would say, for example, the Indians had three hits, two or scored. Yep. Let's say scored one run on three hits and had a walk in yep. the inning. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever the case may be. Or uh, there was no hits, two walks, and it was mm-hmm. scoreless inning. What, you know, yep. And then you would say, in the fifth, it's the Indians three and the Twins one. Whatever the yeah. case may be. I mean, that used to be almost a standard mm-hmm. outcue for yes. most, most most announcers yeah. for many years. And now, obviously, the invent of television and the stats being available yep. and computers mm-hmm. and online, that's not standard anymore where you would say, you know, you know that inning they had one hit or two hits or five hits or whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, you know how many runs they scored. And they, that's basically what you would say is today. You know the Indians put up a five spot or Indians yep. put up a three spot or whatever they may say. It, however they want to say it, they'll say that versus no runs, it was no hits, yeah. well instead of saying three runs on five hits yeah. and an error. 
you know, and now the Indians lead five to two or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, they just you don't hear that terminology at the end of each inning or half inning that you used to hear. Once in a while, at the beginning of the game, you'll hear Tom Hamilton, for example, say it was three up, three down. The Indians yep. are coming to bat. You know that type yep. of thing. Uh, or they had a hit. You no, know, mm-hmm. but now you know. So we're scoreless through a half inning. The Indians are coming to bat, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may. You used to hear that a lot, but not as standards that it once was part of broadcasting. That was my youth growing up. Yeah, it it is uh, hands down the best sport to keep score. Oh yeah, I mean, perfect example. I tried to keep score last week. Yes, and I failed. Uh, the kickoff right off right off the bat. I, the kickoff happened, and then I went through the the app and I did it, and I couldn't figure out how to save it to move to the next one. So I gave up after that. Oh, well, we'll have to. Uh, You'll have to we'll tutor have to me. Yeah, yeah. you have to tutor me on that. And uh, Lee had a great line. He goes, "I guess you're going to have to do it after a game, you know, some other game to learn how to use the app." I says, "Yeah." You know how I learned how to use the app? I watched an old YSU game. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. We can actually go back to that that game and rescore it now because it's on YouTube. How's that for a plot? There you go. See? There's your homework now. (laughs) There's your homework. All right. Hey, Anthony, so much going on in the world of sports, as we mentioned. That was a nice tangent there for about 10 minutes, just rehashing different things about baseball and, and, and keeping score. Football, the NFL, is legitimately just a day away. And uh, time, mostly we get this podcast, it will be today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. Uh, the excitement's in the air for football. And the buildup for the NFL is such a long training camp. And now you only have three preseason games. Mm-hmm. And the last preseason game was two weeks ago. Yeah, you had a bye week in between. Yeah. yeah uh, it has really been... Almost, I want to say anticlimactic, but it's like getting back into the motion of football this week because you had the holiday break. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, can't feel fair mm-hmm. around here, dominated for yep. many people, understandably yep. so. And then uh, here we are. We, the, the, the NFL begins uh, Thursday night with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defending their championship. All the buzz in the world about the Cleveland Browns this year. Deservedly so or undeservedly so, we'll find out. They open up against the Kansas City Chiefs, the team they lost to in the playoffs. On the road or at home? At, on the road oh. or at Kansas City. So it should be a really interesting Sunday coming up, and that game's at like 425, so it's the national oh, so game. Oh, late game, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's Kansas City. Yeah. Come on. The NFL's not stupid. I mean, you got you got Mahomes and, and, and Baker Mayfield as your matchup, come on! They, I'm kind of shocked that's not the Monday night game. Uh, or does CBS and Fox get the first pick in the NFL, and then ESPN takes the leftovers? I don't know how it works. Anymore. I'm not sure either. Yeah, uh, I know the. My understanding is ESPN now has the ability to flex on Monday night, late in the season, like Sunday like night. Sunday night can, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it could have been the Sunday night opener. You have the who Thursday. is the Sunday night opener? I have no idea. I haven't looked at the schedule that I, the, Yeah, I haven't. I, I, I. I Probably should know it, but I don't. I'm a Browns fan. I'm going to watch the Browns. Yeah. I'll see what other games are on, and I will watch probably the Sunday night and the Monday night football game. Watch the Thursday night game, you know, because I'm a football fan. But I'm also have high school to fill in between that. And uh, I got two games this week again. Uh, No, one game. One, yeah. 
And Juan then, we're off over here. Then there. next week I have two games. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that. Let's um, go ahead. I and this is me, and this is really weird. So I know people are going to sit at home and go, what a weirdo. What a freaking loser. But leaving the stadium last week, Tim, after our heart-stopping win, I was mentally and emotionally drained. But I didn't care if I didn't watch North the weekend. I was just so drained. It's like, holy crap. And then your Notre Dame put you through that. That team. <laughs> I don't want to get started on that. That team. You know what I'm in favor of? Brian Kelly coaching. Because that's something he did not do again. Uh, you hear his uh, excuse for the joke at the end of the game? Yeah, I did. And, you know, he should have chosen his words better. I, I understand the quote he wanted to get at because – I remember when John McVay used that quote. I remember oh, him sure. it's using been, that. Oh, sure. It's been but featured the many The question times. was not set up to Kelly the way it was to McVay. Yes. Um, I would be in favor of him, instead of throwing his players under the bus, which he's quite good at, um, him saying, my defensive coordinator sucked, and this isn't playing Tulsa and Memphis and Navy every week, and... Whoever else is in the AAC, for God's sake, you're playing the big boys. Um, let me say this. Is that where Notre Dame is at? To where we are going to run around doing this and taunting everybody and celebrating like you just won the national championship or beat a rival or you choked and collapsed an 18-point lead against a team that's 21-27 and 27 the past four years. Prior to that 21-27 stretch, where they've gone through coaches after coaching after coaching, um, they haven't been relevant at all, except for when they got smacked by Oregon in the Rose Bowl. And that was really the last time they were actually decent. Um, is that where this program is at? Is that you're going to celebrate something that you should have done? And I get, oh, it, and I don't want to hear, it's tough winning on the road. It's really difficult. Bull crap. Because if Dabo Sweeney or Ryan Day or Nick Saban blew an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter against a quarterback that can't throw the ball, Jordan Travis can't throw the ball, and then a kid that hasn't played in two years, and you're going to celebrate that? I'm sorry. Nothing positive. The only positive that came from that game for me is one game closer to the end of the year. Wow. It was ugly. I have never been so disgusted in my life, it was it was probably the most irritated mad I've been. I was more irritated and more pissed off after that game than I was after the Alabama game last year, or I was after the Michigan game a couple of years ago. It was just I was nothing good came from it. I will say this: I think you are correct. This is who you. I think this is who and that's embarrassing. Is. That's embarrassing. Is that? We're going to celebrate this game against Florida State that you should have won by 30. And I get credit to Florida State for not quitting. Yeah, 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 that's great. But is that where you're at? Let me ask you this. Let me compare the two games here, the Youngstown State game and the Notre Dame game. Okay. Scoring-wise, very similar. Yep. Both went to overtime, both yep. won by three. Mm-hmm. Well, I would ask you this. Was there much difference between the two? Yes. What was the difference for you? Incarnate Word was preseason ranked last year. They were in the playoff hunt two years ago until November uh, when they lost to Sam Houston State. Last year they beat three ranked teams and hung 40 on all of them. 
Um, the only ranked team they did not win in Houston State, and they won the national championship. They had the freshman, all of the best freshman in the country. They had what we knew as probably the best offense in the country, maybe second best behind Houston State or Eastern Washington. Um, and they have NFL players at quarterback, at running back, and receiver. Florida State's offensive line has been garbage. I mean, let's be honest, it's been garbage. The quarterback situation is not very good. He's terrible. Jordan Travis is terrible. And it shocked me when they put him on the field. And I'm thinking to myself, you're really sticking with this guy? After three interceptions, you're sticking with this guy. I mean, yes, there there is a big difference because, hey, YSU faced a tougher game. I'm not saying, in current words, better than Florida State, but matchup-wise, YSU was an underdog. They were a four-point underdog. And we talked about it. Could have probably been closer to a touchdown based off what we saw in the spring. So, you were a 14-point favorite. Last year, you beat this team. And I remember saying after last year's game, nobody wanted to believe me. I said, their name's not that good. That defense got gashed by Florida State last year, and Florida State was worse last year. But I'm tired of Ryan Kelly always throwing his players onto the bus. And yeah, he's good at that. I agree he with you there. came in to Notre Dame. What was his... What was he labeled as? Offensive, offensive quarterback guru. Yep. You know who his best quarterback has been? Can't tell you. Ian. No offense to Ian Book. No, he I won agree a with lot that. of games. Yeah. He was. Um, he was gutsy. He what was, was he, a winner. Third round pick this year in the NFL draft. Oh, I or was think a six he was round. Six or yeah. Seven. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Any, so no, I agree. I know and, what you're saying. You know, Book probably wasn't the beneficiary of good offensive coaching. As bad of a quarterback as Tommy Reese was at Notre Dame, he's an even worse coach. He is a step above Doug Phillips. I'm not trying to throw Doug Phillips under the bus because I saw some changes and some tweaks in YSU's offense. I saw nothing. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, look what Jack Cohn did. He threw four touchdown passes, and he did this. Jack Cohn has a noodle arm. And everybody complaining about Ian Book's noodle arm, Jack Cohn's is worse. I saw your first-round NFL talent tight end drop three balls. And they were saying all game on the broadcast, as my ears bled because Joe Testator's doing He's awful. <laughs> as I said, as they said, oh, well, it, it's slipper out there. And you could tell the field was a little slick, meaning the ball is going to be slick. So after the first two drops, maybe you think you're going to put gloves on, right? No, 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 no. Hey, I don't, mean, don't beat up on Joe Testro. He's holy moly, for goodness sakes. He's awful. <laughs> He's awful. I mean, I really can't think of anything positive that came from that game, Tim. Well, I guess the W is about the only thing that's positive. And I'm going to say this. That's going to be one of the few Ws they get this year. That's possible. Because they're going to win this weekend against Toledo. They should. It's going to be really tight, though. It's going to be... Seven to nine points. It's not going to be two or three touchdowns. It's going to be a game going into the last four minutes of the game. You won't be shocked in a sense if they went to overtime again. No, I wouldn't be shocked if they lost that game. In fact, I'm expecting them to give up 30 points. I agree with that because their defense in the last five years has not been Well, stellar. their defense. It's been good at times, but defense, for the most part it's well, been bend defense, break. Their defense the last couple years has been really good. But you're right. They've been bend, don't break. Let's let them drive between the 30s, and then we'll suffocate you. Um, 
they've had a dominant pass rush the last couple years, and you can see how much I miss Jeremiah Wusel. And I hope the Browns enjoy it because he took and covered up a lot of weaknesses. Um, and Kelly even said that he wanted to become a more attacking defense. So, yes, it would not shock me if Starter's game went to overtime. It would not shock me if they lost that game. I'm going to say this. After Saturday, they're not going to have another winnable game on their schedule until November. Oof. For Purdue, all our Notre Dame fans, I hope that's not the case. Purdue? Are they better than Purdue? I'm not sure. I would hope so. You would hope so, but I'm not sure. They're not going to beat Wisconsin. You better hope they score 17 points against them. Now, they might lose Wisconsin 21-3 to because Wisconsin's offense is terrible. It's predictable, yes. Yeah, it's very bland, yes. But Florida State manhandled their name up front, and Wisconsin likes running the ball. So it could be very ugly. They're not going to beat Cincinnati because... No, I agree with you. Uh, uh, Desmond Ritter could start at every Big Ten school except for Ohio State. I mean, that's how good that kid is at Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's a top-ten team. I think I think that program has improved so much in the last three years. The that, culture that Luke Fickle's built there yes. is incredible. Um, they're not going to win in Blacksburg after what Virginia Tech just said to a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, they completely embarrassed North Carolina. Um, the, then they're off. I hope they can beat the bye week. I mean, God knows. I don't. I don't know. Uh, they've always struggled against USC's pass happy offense. Now they beat them the last couple of years, but I'm not sure they can stop USC this year with this defense. They're probably not going to beat North Carolina because that's two back-to-back tough games, an emotional rivalry game. So probably not going to beat them. You won't be favored. And if you are, then North Carolina is pretty bad. And maybe and maybe North Carolina is a lot worse than we thought this year. Or maybe Virginia Tech's a lot better. Either way, it doesn't help their aim. Then you get to November, and God, I hope you can beat Navy. I mean, Navy lost 49-7, to 42-7 to Marshall. Now, Marshall's good, but Navy should be beating Marshall. You should beat Georgia Tech, who lost to winless Northern Illinois last year. So they they stink. You're not going to beat Virginia. You're on the road at Virginia. You probably won't beat Virginia. And Stanford, they never play well at Stanford. You should be better than Stanford. Stanford doesn't have a quarterback again. But so you're where predicting you... a very difficult year. Four for and the... eight. Oh, well, there you go. Four and eight. Four and eight gets Kelly out? I mean... It doesn't matter because we're celebrating 18-point-blown leads. <laughs> All right. I, I, can't, I can't argue with any of this. I, I don't even want to try. I mean, and you're probably going to have people tell you 10-2, and 9-3. Look what Jack Cohn did. His arm strength's incredible. He threw a seven-yard out route, and it bounced three times. Or how about the three balls he underthrew? Well, let me ask you this question, and you just brought up the quarterback and his lack of success. Tell me a quarterback other than Book that improved during his time tenure under Kelly the last ten years. Um well he didn't improve under him, but he improved once he left and that's Phil Yurkovic at Boston College now. Right, but he's by the not, way he's not at Notre Dame. By the way, Boston College is gonna be here. Mm-hmm. So, um nobody They've all regressed, including Ian Book. Yeah. And Ian Book kind of flattened the curve, I guess. Is that the new term we're using the last couple of years? Flatten the curve? Well, Is that what you want to use? Let's let's put it in perspective here, Anthony. We talk about this no matter what team we talk about. Identifying your quarterback and playing to his skill sets is the most important thing any coach can do 
to improve his team. Now, you look at where Notre Dame's at and has been in this stack of what I call mediocrity for the last 10 years, where they have one year where they win double digits. Most years they win about eight or nine games. And they've won 10 games the last four years in a row. But they've also... 17, 18, 19. What, two to three losses in those years? Yeah, you're 10 and two, you know. They've had a couple good runs where they had one one loss or or undefeated back in the day. Yeah, they've gone undefeated in 12, 18, and 20. Right. So... They've been more consistent. I mean, it's hard to be worse than what Mr. Decided Schematic Advantage Charlie Weiss was in Tyrone Willingham. <laughs> um, but, uh. I mean, you're probably going to have people that you talk to. I want you to – here's my homework assignment for you. I'm not sure if you know another one or you're probably one into one. Next time you talk to an Notre Dame fan, ask them what they think about it. I guarantee they're going to tell you nine, ten wins. Most Notre Dame fans I know – some of the most optimistic people I've ever met when it comes to talking about You know what somebody told me on Sunday night when I said this This to me feels like a lie? Oh, well, Florida State's good. No, they're not. Florida State's terrible. Let's put it out there like it is. Florida State is not good. Survive and move on? We in March Madness? <laughs> are we in, in a lot of ways we playoffs? Uh, I mean, I, I mean. I'm just having fun with you. Honest to God. It got so bad Sunday night that even when they were winning, I turned on A-Rod and watched the Giants and Dodgers. And, and A-Rod makes my ears bleed. Yeah, he never shuts up. No. Uh, I, I mean, well, you know, we can I want to know if – and I can't believe that that's where this program is at. And, you know – I don't – I'll be honest with you. Being where they're at. I honestly don't think, and I was never against them being an independent. Never, ever. I had no there problem. There is. But I honestly don't think they can compete in today's football as an independent. I know they want to keep traditions with Navy and USC and other schools. And I get that. Very important part of the game for Notre Dame. However, I think recruiting-wise no. and everything else, they'll never, ever compete with the top five schools. You, they just can't compete with the Ohio States and the Alabama. But even and if that. you join a conference, you're not going to get better recruiting. Well, I think you have a chance. No. Because then you, no. you're competing against this. You actually have something to show for. No, joining a conference does nothing for them. It just, uh, I think it, it not having nothing. a conference will always be I mean, it might hurt scenario. them playoff-wise in the future when they expand. and the top. Well, I think that when they expand, it won't matter because – when you have you when you have, have multiple you teams in the playoffs, conference. when you have multiple teams in the playoffs, it don't matter because you don't have to win to to qualify. Well, no, you don't. You don't what, have to win. You don't have to under win. the proposed twelve team playoff. That's what I said. All I have to do is for the the power. F- yes, the conference winners get their share, but I get that. My point they is, there's enough. There's enough. There's enough spots, but that doesn't matter how good but, you are. You make it under the current proposed proposal. The top four teams will get a bye. Yeah. And that has to be a conference champion. They will never do that. But there's no point for them to join a conference because your recruiting won't get any better. It's not going to get better if you go join the ACC, which is a stupid conference for them to be in. The only, the only reason, the only fit for the ACC they have is academically. The ACC is the best academic conference. It is a great uh, academic conference. But besides that, it does nothing. Who wants to go watch Georgia Tech in November. Well, 
here's the thing. It fits Notre Dame on two levels. It, academics, as academics, you mentioned. Yeah. It does fit them on they, – they play certain schools that fit their mold. Uh, the Pittsburgh. It renews the uh, rivalry Boston with Pittsburgh. College and and Pitt, college, yeah, yeah, and all that. You know, it renews the northeast part of yeah. the rivalries that they used to and have. And it gets you Duke and North Carolina and basketball and, you know, Virginia as bland as that and – well, boring is that well here's the thing, Anthony, and I'm, and this is a tangent again, but it's only football they're not in a conference. And, and so they, why my my whole thinking today is what do you, what other than the financial gain they get as an independent, which is huge because they have the yeah. own contract with NBC, they have everything else that 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 flows in through that. Um, what advantages do they have? I, mean, they I think a, it's more of a disadvantage in football for them than it is an advantage. No, you get a better strength of schedule. Like, you don't want to be going each week playing a Rutgers or a Georgia Tech. Well, you're playing Navy every year. But You're playing Navy every Navy, year. Navy, though, Navy, Navy, doesn't matter. Navy is but Rutgers. But you need, no. Yeah, no, it is. No, you, it's, you it's, need it's, to understand it's, it's easy why win. they play Navy, though. Yeah, it's tradition. They've been playing them forever. It's part of the tradition of college football. It goes football. off the football field and more to history of why yeah. they play Navy. Right. But Navy's been more successful than Rutgers has. Navy's won 10 games. Scarlet Knights have had, had about ten, well, 20 years ago. Had up until yet. this past year, <laughs> Navy's been really good on Kenny and They've been really good on him and Paul Johnson. But they there's are no they beneficiary are. of joining a conference. There's none. Your recruiting will not get better. See, I think it would. No. Because you're competing against. No, because you're competing against those schools no matter what. But you're basically playing a conference schedule now. You're, you're, you have you're, five you're, games. You're, I, I yeah, mean, but the, uh, you're not playing I, much more. I mean, two more games, you're in the conference. But you get <laughs> there's no your recruiting's not going to get better. The kids aren't going to go because oh, we're going to play Georgia Tech and Miami and you know and Virginia Tech every week. Is it? It's not going to get better. Your, your recruiting is not going to get know. better. I, I don't You're think. Not, it, put it this way: I don't think it get worse. Your recruiting's been. It's been, been pretty pathetic. No, it's been pathetic. They're not offensively, good. Offensively, it's been pathetic. Defensively, they've they've had a couple stars. I offensive line, they produced a lot of stars. Okay, tight ends they produced. Offensive line, tight ends they. It produced. all depends on what your goal is. Quentin Nelson, Zach Martin. Let me ask you this. Nick Martin. Let me ask you this. The goal for Notre Dame is to win, correct? Well, it, to, to, to compete. It depends what, what my, fan you my, ask. What I'm saying is when you talk about tradition of Notre Dame, the idea of being a contender. I'm not saying you have to win championships every year, meaning national titles, but to contend, to be a top 10 school most years. Let's say eight out of 10 years. Would you say that should be a Notre Dame goal? Well, it de- again, it depends what Notre Dame fan you ask, because there are still some fans that believe national championships should be the goal, and I think that's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think a national championship could ever be in Notre Dame's future. I think, to me, if you ask me personally, a successful season is nine wins every year, and you're beating USC. Sounds like you're in a conference. <laughs> no. No. Well, what, what, is, what is a conference... I mean, when you are in a conference, what is your goal? Your goal is to beat your rival and win the yeah. conference. But Nine games is the same like, thing. Nine games is going to get you most wins in a conference. I'm just splitting hairs with you. If you ask other fans, they still believe 
a national championship is within reach. And I don't. You can have Jim Trestle. You can have Nick Saban. You can have Dabo Sweeney. You can have Ryan Day. They're not going to win national championships in the rain. I agree with you. They're not going to do it. I agree with you. It's, we've, it's, it's an extreme And I'll thing say to, this. To do. Since the NCAA passed the NIL, that whole academic thing, you can't use that as an excuse. Because these kids coming out of high school can make millions of dollars. What? Uh, I what? Don't disagree. Outside of Texas and Ohio State, what college football program makes more money? Notre Dame. Yeah. So Alabama, Notre Dame, yeah. USC. So traditionally, yeah. You should uh, like USC. USC should never be bad. I totally agree with that. USC and probably UCLA should never be bad. With all the talent that's in California, exactly. there's, there's no excuse. I, you can win eight games alone with that talent in California. Yeah. Well, where do you think the Arizonas, the the Washingtons, the Oregons get good? They get players from California. Yeah. Uh, I'm just being honest. Uh, but yeah. And I mean, there's no bigger recruiting can I go, area in the world than California. For I don't football. mean to be. Other than Texas, yeah. your two biggest states to get players from is California and Texas. And Georgia's probably third. I, Georgia's a, probably third. I'm not going to disagree with um, you there. Because and Justin if Florida Field, comes in right in yeah. there. But we're talking about yeah. maybe the four best. Uh, Ohio used to yeah. be that rank. It's yeah. not no more. Um, but that's where you're at. Yeah. And I don't want to be mean. I don't want to post fun at this because Bobby Bowden was one of the better guys in college football. He was a great character. He was a great character. He was a good guy. He was a hell of a coach. How many wide lefts is for us? On a night where they honor Bobby Bowden. <laughs> I mean, how many wide lefts is that program going to have? It's called irony. <laughs> Sick irony. Sick irony. It never is. Uh, irony hey, in football. Hey. Irony in sports is never fun. Here's what Brian Kelly's big coaching tactic was past weekend. He played the war chant. He throw, showed them video of Chief Osceola riding in and uh, playing the spear because that, that's going to get him ready because that, that right there is going to help them beat Florida. And I get you got to pump in crowd noise. It's the first time you play with a large crowd noise and all of that. That's so, I mean, that's so, I, that's pathetic. It's pathetic. I mean, it is pathetic. I mean, do you think Ryan Day is running around at practice playing Hail to the Victors? Or do you think Nick Saban is running around playing War Eagle Chance? Or, I mean, Dabo doesn't play anybody. But, uh, excuse me, he plays Mighty Yukon in South Carolina State. So, excuse me. I mean, ISU could beat you, by the way. Um, they did in the past. And they would beat him this year, probably. UConn's <laughs> pathetic. But I don't want to get off on that. Because they're still poor little, and we have to be nice. Um, Look, here's by the, the way, difference. Here's is, oh, let me let me just real it, quick get on that Clemson thing. What a difference a quarterback yep. makes. And I've said this a million times over and over again. You get your quarterback, you build to their skill set, and is, what a shock that right now Clemson is without a top-tier quarterback. Is well the 11th best coast in the country, or how does that work? It's like, a good question. I mean – I'm say in this. Dabo's mind, he's probably you know the best. Coach. I'll say this though, I don't think of so much a quarterback this year. What happens when you don't hang back? Well, I think they go hand in hand. ETN. I think in a sense, offensively, when you talk about a team, and you talk about any team, Anthony, mm-hmm. and let's use YSU as an example. It's the guys up front that start it all. 
that gives the quarterback the opportunity to succeed yes. and gives the running back an opportunity. If you have a scheme that coincides with all those three, three things, uh, football is a team game. So you need the different units to work together for people to have success. Your running back very seldom is ever going to be successful if the offensive line does not succeed in making blocks and holes mm-hmm. for him to run through. I mean, you can point to Barry Sanders, but mm-hmm. I mean, how often does that come about in life? Um, and the same thing. Your quarterback is only as good as how he can stand in a pocket, move to the left or right, mm-hmm. and deliver a ball because your offensive line does it. It starts there. Football doesn't change. It starts with your guys up front. That will always determine how good and successful you can be. If your guys can't get off blocks, if they can't you know, pick up blitz, then you're going to be in trouble. Yep. I mean, I don't care yep. who you are, what football team you are. It comes down to the guys up front. Can they be successful? Can you put them in successful opportunities to then for your skills players to be successful? In the end, you want to look at a football team. You look at your front seven on defense. You look at your offensive line on offense. And then your skill sets that are around those players will be determined how successful they are. Because if you don't have a chance to throw the ball, if you don't have a chance to hand off the ball, if you don't have an opportunity to run basic NFL or college football or high school sets, it doesn't matter. Because your offense and defensive line in the scrimmage that's where the game is won and lost, no matter who you are. And we can talk about the lack of arm strength or, you know, not ability to read a defense and you, all that. Those are all tangibles that are true. Yes. But in the end, it comes down to the guys up front. If those guys up front can't give that offense an opportunity to run the correct play properly, it don't matter. How many times the last three or four years has our partner Matt Amsh um, said the offensive line sets the tone. Game. Absolutely, he's right. If they're dominating up front, you're going to have success. You're not going to every game because there's a lot more factors going into it. But you're going to have a really good chance to be in the game fourth quarter. One of the most successful things you can do in football is be be able to run a play over and over again, and that means certain style of blocking. Uh, there, are, today's football and spread offenses for a Offensive line to be upright and be able to block is huge. Have leverage. Uh, and then when they're down in position to have leverage. And, we'll, you know, that's what it comes down to. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we, you'll, the teams that get better is because the offensive line continues to improve play all season mm-hmm. long. Why were the Browns successful last year when the defense was lack playmakers on all sides? It's because the offensive line was graded out as one of the top two or three team offensive lines in football last year. Uh, they have a great coach that coaches them on the offensive line. They have players that have bought into a system, and they have talent to succeed. Uh, when you look at the – for example, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. They got off to an 11-0 start last year, and then the offensive line got injured, yep. and the and offensive line yeah. had problems, and the team fell apart. Now they got four new players on their offensive line this year. They identified a weakness, and they went out and tried to fix it. We'll know how good and bad the Steelers are this year by watching the offensive line. If that offensive line gels and gets better, then you know Najee Harris and all of them will have big years. 
and Ben will have a good year. But if that offensive line still has problems like it had last year with either injuries or being old or just not being able to do the things they used to be able to do, they're not going to have a successful year. They may even be mediocre, you know, 7 and 10 wins. You know, now you got 17 games. You know, is 10 wins really that great? 10 and 7, that good? Probably 11, 12, 13 wins is where you're going to see the upper echelon of the NFL this year. Now, you could be like Tampa Bay, who got stronger as the mm-hmm. season went on. You know, at the end of November, they were, eh, people were wondering if they could even make the playoffs. And then come December, they were the best team in football, you know, led by the most experienced quarterback in football. And what happened? They got into the playoffs, and they were the team to beat. So, again, but you look at their offensive line, how it improved as the season went on, as they learned how to play that offense that fit Brady. Again, it still comes down to the, I still believe, no matter what football team you are, if you can get your offensive line to work as a unit and understand what they need to do on every play, and you build your offense around the skill set of your quarterback and your skilled players, not try to ask them to do more than they can or ask them to do less than they can, you'll have success. When you are telegraphing everything you're going to do, that's when you're in trouble because everyone knows where you're at at that time. Two things. Is it just me? I think it might. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster. He's very mediocre to me. I think he can make plays. I think if... He can make plays, but... Well, here's the thing, Anthony. He's not a number one. Well, again, what is asked of a player is has to do with the others that are around him. When he had more of a threats around him, he was getting open in one-on-one situations, and they've taken advantage of that. Now that those players, like mm-hmm. Brown and others, are gone, do they have the same skill set that they once did? And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm agreeing with you that yeah, maybe but... it's less. So I'm not the... saying he's not – I don't think he's an all-pro, but I don't think he's terrible. No, I don't think he's terrible, but I think the way Steeler fans view him well, are a lot Fans in general overestimate everybody. And that gets me to my next point: is I don't want to sit sit here and seem like you know I hate Notre Dame and we know we that's, know not, that's the case. not true. But I can't stand the fans that will sugarcoat and make excuses for everything because they're their team. You have to hold your team accountable, and for a team that has won ten games the last couple weeks, that's had three undefeated seasons since two thousand twelve. I'm sorry. We can't be celebrating and going nuts over an overtime win over Florida State after you had an 18-point lead and you didn't score the last 20 minutes of the game. I mean, and you should have lost because Florida State can't make a 37-yard field goal. So I don't want to sit here and seem like I hate it and I'm negative and I'm not, but I can't stand the fans that are just, you know, you know, oh, because... It's the same fans that will tell you their goal is playoff contenders, national championship. You can't say that's your goal and also be going nuts and celebrating a win over Florida State. Now, 10 years ago and 15 with Bobby Bowden, yes, I'd be going nuts and celebrating. Okay, let me bring you back a little bit here. I'm not disagreeing with your premise. You have to play the game that's in front of you and on your schedule. I've, yeah, I've said that. Yeah, so, you do. Most important thing they did is they did win. Yeah. 
Now, if you want to be critical of how they won. I'm not I, being critical. Well, like being critical is not necessarily being vicious. Okay. Okay. Yes. Critical is finding faults that you think they can be better at. And they and should the, be better at, yeah. It's like critical thinking. And yeah. when I say critical, you can be critical. I'm critical heavily about the coaching staff at Youngstown State. Yes. Because I personally think this past spring was abysmal. Yes. Now, I've said it many times here earlier that I want to give them this season a chance to redeem himself and his coaching staff. We've seen improvement mm-hmm. in week one. Yes. We'll see how. Yes. We'll see if they go back into that shell that we've seen in February where it was, let's just run three downs and get and punt, and punt the ball the away. Out, yeah. yeah, and not even make an effort to develop an offense around any of the players that we have against Michigan State, mm-hmm. or are we going to see them compete and compete at the highest level they can to be successful mm-hmm. in that game? We'll find out, and we'll go from there. There were a lot of encouraging signs in that first week for YSU. Yes. There were less encouraging signs in the first week for Notre Dame. Yes. I'll agree with you there. And that's to me, was what I mean by being critical. You can examine something and be – Fair and critical. Yes, and, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong being emotional and critical no. as a fan. By the way, I think that's what makes us all love the games yes. and the teams we root for. Uh, I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. I think he's, I think he is who he is. I think he's a guy who who will, who has done a nice job at Notre Dame, but will never ever live up to the expectations what Notre Dame has established for the program yeah. over the history of the game. You're right. And and that's just he is who he is. Yeah. And will he always he'll make the he'll make the mistake like he did in post game. Yeah. That's who he is. And he's not a guy who can cover up his mistakes. His mistakes are out in the open. Yeah. And, and very easy to criticize. And I'll say this And you. maybe Quite honestly, and it's too early to say that, that's possibly the same scenario with Doug Phillips. But we'll see. Yeah, and, and, and I, I want to give him the opportunity to prove me that that's not the case. I don't want people to sit here and think, oh, well, you were really, you know, you were really sugarcoating YSU and you were right bashing their name. But I'll be honest, YSU's defensive strategy on Thursday sucked. It was awful. It was embarrassing. The Call it, make every excuse in the book for it not being prevent. It was prevent. It was, let's hope to God we don't get beat over top every single play. But it was it was a terrible game plan. The offense in the second and third quarters was terrible. It was run, 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 punt. Run, run, pass. Hope to God throw it up. Complete punt. It was, there was no misdirection. There was no counter option. There was nothing. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to say, oh, well, you're, you know, defense is terrible. Talcum for YSU was not very good, and they had way too many penalties, stupid penalties. So I don't want people to think, oh, well, you're just bashing their name and they're sugarcoating YSU because that's not the case. But it's an old Pittsburgh Steelers saying, and it's Vince Lombardi too and the Packers, the standard is the standard. And like you mentioned, the standard that Notre Dame has set for itself from its predecessors and what Brian Kelly speaks of is, Playoff contender, national championship. That Sunday night, 
did not live up to the standard because the standard of the last four years has been dominant offensive line play, got pushed around and embarrassed by a very bad defensive line. And it's been good defense, and they showed, and it's been good poise, and they showed none of that. So the standard was not met. The standard for Notre Dame is here. YSU is trying to get back to where they were. Now, if YSU was coming off a championship game appearance in 2016 and had this performance the following year, I would say that was pitiful. That w- that didn't li- that did not live up to the standard. Fair enough. And I think we can, you know, I. Fair enough. Yeah, I, you don't have to even say another word. Fair enough. Um, like I said, it's football season. There's a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward to Sunday and the Browns playing the Chiefs. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, we'll see what happens. I I'm not going to say oh the Browns have to win. There's 17 games in the NFL. Yeah, you don't have to win this game. Like, why is you had to win their game? Could this game potentially determine home field advantage for one of these two teams? Good. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we won't know for another 16 weeks after, 17 weeks after. So, I mean, play the team that you got to play. See what they can do. For the Browns, they got a lot of talent. We're going to see how good the defense can achieve to be. There's a lot of new faces. We've never seen them work as a full unit yet. Because they didn't play in the preseason games. They weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with the the decision not to play them in these games. Because what happened to J.K. Robbins yep. is the reason why you shouldn't play, play preseason mm-hmm. games with your starters. You should use it as evaluation. If they need some work like the Browns thought you know, Baker Mayfield wanted the work. Mm-hmm. So you gave it to him in the first quarter that ga- in the last game. That's fine. But you know, if you lose... At Baker Mayfield, or if you lose a Chubb, if you lose an OBJ, if you lose a Landry, yep, you're down the entire season in a in a game that doesn't count. Yep, that does matter, and that's why I'm really looking forward to this game because we're going to see those players play. We're going to see a brand new offense, or excuse me, defense. Mm-hmm. We're going to see JOK uh, make his imprint on the Browns defense because he's going to play. Uh, we're going to see Newsom. He's going to start at cornerback. We're going to see John Johnston. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of new faces. And that upgrade, we're going to see Clowney for the first time in a Browns uniform. So there's a lot of interesting storylines coming up against Kansas City, a very good team who, when you faced them in this, you know, January last year, was – Mahomes on an injury, so he mm-hmm. wasn't as mobile as he normally was. Still, was Patrick Mahomes won the game. Mm-hmm. The Browns played better defensively than anybody ever expected. You, we'll see. I mean, I'm really thinking that if they compete in this game, that they'll have a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. If Mahomes and that Chiefs offense does what they normally do and the defense shows up, I mean, could it be – like last year against Baltimore, where they got blown out in the first game, well, it could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing a really good team. Last year they got blown out of Baltimore, what forty to fourteen in the opening game, and they still won eleven games and made the playoffs and made you know won a playoff game against the Steelers and won against Pittsburgh tw- two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to overanalyze the first game, but yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it'll be an interesting test for this organization who's trying to get to that level where everyone believes they are a championship-caliber team. We know right now from last year they had the talent to make the playoffs. 
now the question is for the Browns going forward this year is can they make that move from a playoff team to a championship caliber playoff team? And that starts this week in Kansas City. And that, to me, is what is going to be interesting to see. I love the playmakers that the Browns have. I feel confident about the offensive line. I also know the defense has been rebuilt, so we're going to see how Mm -hmm. good they can be. And if they get a lead going into the fourth quarter, be interesting to watch Clowney and uh, Garrett team up and go after a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see if that team teammate type scenario with the Browns in vision can come to fruition in a game against the number one quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I it might be five people in the state of Ohio watching baseball Sunday. Probably. Yeah. When I get back from South Bend, I'll probably be the only five watching baseball. Uh, yeah. I don't even know who Denver plays. Blues to New York. <laughs> My excitement level for is, them yeah. is probably as excited as I would be if Notre Dame hired Charlie Well. Here's the thing. They'll stink. Yeah. I mean, they... they They'll stink. Yeah, well... Four or five wins? Yeah. They'll stink. My excitement level zero. I won't watch. Yeah. I'll watch the Indians. I'll watch them get beat. And I'll listen to Jensen Lewis. And right now they're getting no hit again, so... Well, you know, that's my tribe. That's right. My tribe. All right. Oh, God, Omidy. Hey, they are who they are. Yeah, they are well, who we thought they are. Well, again, it was a team built on pitching and you lost... Your entire starting staff all season long. I think yesterday we seen what a starting pitcher can do for this team by keeping them in the ball game um, with Savali back. I mean, yeah, he pitched just a little less than five innings, but yeah, you've, seen, yep. you've seen what a, a, a legitimate yes. major league starter does for a team. You've seen the same thing with the when Plesak has come back. You'll see the same thing next year when Beaver hopefully is back completely and healthy. And if you add to the rotation that we've seen already, let's face it, the offense needs improvement across the board. The players that they currently have and the players that they'll bring in, hopefully to make that offense more palatable mm-hmm. on a daily basis. But again, I honestly say this with all, with all respect. They're a 500 team this year. Yep. All right. And that's without pitching, without legitimate starting pitching most of the season. And I don't like playing the if game, but truth of the matter is, if the Indians did have their starting pitchers all year, they're probably 10 games better and they're in a wild card race. Probably, yeah. Now, does that mean they're going to win a championship? Probably not. But it just shows you how important it is. I'll say this, what would have deterred me all year is the offense because it was just so inconsistent and Lacks the ability to get on base. Yep. Uh, in all ways, it doesn't. Exactly. It doesn't get on base because you don't have the Santana who got who drew the walks. Yep. You don't have a guy who can bat two ninety three hundred. Hopefully, you're going to get that. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you'll see better full season with Straw in center field and yep. being the hitter that he is right now yeah. around two eighty two ninety. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Yeah, he's hit two eighty two ninety since he came over from Houston. Yeah, exactly. Overall. Yeah, I mean. There's encouraging signs for the Indians long-term. We'll see what moves they make here come the offseason. But let's finish strong. Let's let's see. I mean, not only did you lose your starting staff and some of your key players all season long, 
But you lost your manager too. So yeah. <laughs> it has been a, a really wacky and season. If, you look and if at they it, end up 500 or better, that is impressive just on the where they're at and what they're playing with. Yeah, my goal right now is 82 wins. Yeah. Uh, Why not? I know it's not a big goal, but that's a goal uh, right it's now. A, it's a winning season. Granted, you know, uh, you lose your whole starting outfield. You lose your whole rotation. The bullpen's kind of been in flux lately. 82 wins, and let's not get a perfect game. Huh? Uh, we'll hope. All right, Anthony. It was an interesting discussion. We had no idea where we were headed today, but it was fun. Probably I hope you enjoyed it. the most fired up we've been in a while. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you were definitely fired. Oh, up. I, I, yeah, I got. I got. You got a lot off your chest. Yeah, and that's been uh, brewing since today because everybody I talked is like, "Hey, uh, Brian Kelly, yes," and I, <laughs> and I can't stand. It. Nah, you never were. Uh, all right, I'm not a yes man. I will I'll tell it like it is. There it is. With that in mind. Wherever you get this download, please give us a rating and review. Give us five stars anywhere you can. Three stars, I don't mind. Uh, Whatever you can do, we appreciate it. And uh, for Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP. Beat Spartans.